Welcome to Groundwater Canada, the podcast, where we talk about issues of interest to the groundwater industry. Groundwater Canada is a national trade publication for water well, geotechnical and environmental drillers, pump installers, scientists, engineers, product suppliers, and others whose work relates to groundwater. Hi, and welcome to Groundwater Canada, the podcast. I'm your host, Colleen Cross, editor of Groundwater Canada magazine. Thanks for joining us from your office, truck, or in the field. Wherever you may be, we're really glad you tuned in. This episode is brought to you by Canadian Pipe and Pump Supply, Inc. We manufacture and supply a full complement of drilling, environmental, and geotechnical products that make it easy for our customers to one-stop shop at our four locations in Ontario. We enhance our products with technical support and service tailored to your needs. This is the first of three podcast episodes exploring the footprint left during drilling for domestic water wells or dewatering wells, developments in sustainability and single-use plastic legislation. And it's a discussion of what the groundwater industry can do to reduce its impact on the environment. So pretty important stuff. I'm joined by Mike Hare, Sales and Marketing Manager for Canadian Pipe and Pump Supply, well-known in our industry as Can Pipe. Welcome, Mike. Thanks, Colleen. I'm excited to get this podcast series started and look forward to engaging our listeners. Oh, we're really glad to have you here. This is going to be a good discussion. Mike, can you tell our listeners a little bit about your work at CanPipe and how it has made you think about the footprint that contractors and other people in the industry are leaving on their work site? Like, why do you think reducing our footprint is important? Well, Colleen, you know, outside of the carbon footprint that's uh, left when wells are drilled, there are many products used to complete the wells that end up in the landfill, unfortunately. I started the journey looking at a way to offer a solution for our customers for recycling their PVC. As I started to investigate, I found that there's no one in Ontario that provides the service due to the high cost to recycle the product. While doing further research, I also started looking at the products that are used to construct or decommission wells and wondered how these bag products are being disposed of by our customers. Government mandates industry groups provided further information on zero plastic waste initiatives and the push for a circular plastic economy. According to the 2019 federal report issued by the Environment and Climate Change Canada for a open air quotes, a proposed integrated management approach to plastic products to prevent waste and pollution, end quote, over 86% of plastic waste ended up in landfills, while 1%, roughly 29,000 tons, entered the environment as pollution. Staggering numbers to say the least. We need to keep in mind that over time, landfills leach into the ground and eventually up in our groundwater. So this is something that we should be looking at a, a high level within the industry. Right. It's an important discussion. And we want to quickly share some feedback that we got from an online survey of drilling and pump contractors that CanPipe and Groundwater Canada conducted to get an idea of where this industry is at with its recycling efforts. Mike, can you share a few highlights? Sure. So, you know, we did put the, the survey out back in February. A little disappointed about the response, but we did get some feedback. 70% of the contractors participate in recycling of well-building products. They all said they recycle back at the shop as opposed to on-site. Of those who do recycle, the products most often recycled are metal casing, 86%, plastic containers, 64%, and plastic bags, almost half of the respondents said they recycle. It was great to hear that about one-third of people named a slew of other products, cardboard packaging, copper, brass, wire, brass fittings, pitless adapters, aluminum well lids, pressure tanks, pumps, steel riser pipe, paper bags, stainless steel. Of those who don't currently take part in recycling, more than half said they plan to in the future. Those who don't plan to recycle gave reasons ranging from there's very few materials they use need to be recycled, 
They are not sure which items can be recycled. They are not sure what to do with the materials that do require recycling. It's too costly or too time-consuming. One responder expressed interest in recycling PVC well pipe, PVC direct push probe liners, hole plug bags, and sandbags, but was not aware of any way to do that. On the whole, everyone thought recycling was very important. Mm, very interesting. Thank you. Many people commented in the comment section on their own practices and on the availability or the lack of programs for specific items. So I'm going to share a few of the comments. We would recycle if facilities existed. I would recycle plastic casing from welded commissions if I knew where to take them, as well as expired UV lamps. I do recycle pumps and metals from service work performed for customers. I have yet to find a company that will recycle poly and or PVC casing. Here's another one. We try to do what we can to clean up materials not required or supplies that have come in bags or boxes. These are brought back to the shop to recycle what we can. Uh, metal products are easily recycled. Our current city recycling program does not accept PVC, polyethylene, or plastic bags. And here's an interesting one. Someone's asking, please provide resources to help us. Uh, and another, we are a pump company and recycle our everyday plastic and take our scrap metal to a yard that reuses it. And finally, and I really like this comment to sum things up, recycling of any kind is important these days. It's never perfect, but an effort needs to be made. Several good points made. Uh, and that's kind of our baseline for where the industry's at. Mike, what do you find most interesting about these results and comments? Well, the biggest takeaway I get is that people are generally interested in recycling but they lack information on where and how to recycle and are limited to recycling programs in their municipalities or jurisdictions. And what do you think we can take away from the survey overall? Well, loaded question, but you know, ideally, we need the drilling industry to get involved with the appropriate government group or groups so they can provide their feedback and work together with better programs available for recycling. Well, the issue of single-use plastics came to the forefront. When a date was set by the end of 2021, to eliminate use of specific items, including plastic grocery bags and food containers made from hard-to-recycle plastics. Wanting to know more, we went to the source to learn what federal and Ontario legislation is in progress to deal with the problem of single-use plastics and to check in on the status of these and other developments around recycling. We're singling out Ontario as a case study of what one province is doing, but there are other efforts underway across Canada. We spoke with Shelley Bonta-Jalak, Manager of Policy and Special Projects in the Resource Recovery and Policy Branch at the Ministry of Environment, Conservation and Parks. Shelley is Ontario's representation on the Canadian Council of Ministers of the Environment's Waste Reduction and Recovery Committee. She provided written comments, and Mike and I will share a few key points from her remarks. Unfortunately, the, uh, the government was not unable to join us on this podcast due to some COVID developments. We thank them for sharing their remarks, which we're going to share with you. Mike, what does the government say about the legislation in the works? Okay, so, I mean, there's been a lot going on. COVID has certainly slowed down a little bit because they had to have their folks help out in other agencies. But in a nutshell, the, the response back is the following. So Ontario's approach to reducing litter and waste, including those made from plastic, set out in the Reducing Litter and Waste in Our Communities discussion paper. So it was a paper that was penned by the government that is available. Uh, we may make links to these forms available on the website after the podcast. So this is built on the commitments in the Made in Ontario Environment Plan. So uh, verbatim from 2-1 is, a key action currently underway in Ontario involves transitioning the Blue Box program to full producer responsibility. 
This proposed regulation under the Resource Recovery and Circular Economy Act would transfer the operation of costs of the Blue Box program for municipalities to the producers of products and packaging that go into the Blue Box. Making producers responsible for the end-of-life management of their products provides them with an incentive to reduce packaging and improve packaging design. Producer will also have the flexibility to find innovative and efficient ways to improve recycling. We believe efforts to reduce packaging and improve recycling means less plastic waste going to Ontario landfills in the future. We'll also be consulting on reforms to Ontario's industrial, commercial, and institutional waste framework to increase diversion rates in this sector and find opportunities to align with the Blue Box regulation. So I know just recently they've announced the Blue Box program underway, so I think there's more information that's going to be available as far as implementation and what that looks like. Right. Thanks, Mike. And we can talk about that maybe in the next podcast of this three-podcast series. Thanks for sharing those comments from the government. I'll also share a comment from the government on what's being done at the federal level. So here it is verbatim. We are currently working with other provinces, territories, and the federal government at the Canadian Council of Ministers of Environment on implementing the Canada-wide Action Plan on Zero Plastic Waste. Implementation of the Action Plan includes the development of a roadmap to strengthen the management of single-use and disposable plastics. COVID-19 has understandably slowed down progress on these initiatives. Over the last year, Province has consulted on the Blue Box Regulation and Household and Special Product Regulation that will deal with household products such as solvents and automotive oil filters. Okay, so that's government, and we're going to get a little bit into Blue Box programs now. Mike, uh, you have pointed out in our discussion that different municipalities have different recycling rules. Can you give us a couple of examples of what you've seen? Yeah, I mean, one thing that I pointed out and highlighted just from a personal note is uh, over the years, you know, we have friends, relatives in certain areas within the GTA and Guelph, and what you can recycle in Hamilton and Burlington, Toronto, Guelph are completely different than what you can recycle in the municipalities. So that becomes frustrating for not only consumers, but also our suppliers. And I think that was one of the notes made on the, on the feedback from our survey. So that's, mm-hmm. uh, that's something I'm hoping that the Blue Box program will provide. Right. And maybe you can share uh, the government official response, knowing that there is more. We'll learn about this later with recent announcements about timelines and streamlining the program. What did the government tell us? Yeah, so what they alluded to was the changes that they're proposing to the Blue Box program will make it easier for Ontarians to recycle by standardizing the materials and the places where Blue Boxes will be available, including public parks and playgrounds. The province says plastics play an important part in our everyday lives. Our listeners can read a full Q&A at groundwatercanada.com. You'll find links and the results from the survey as well. Mike, we'll wrap up the podcast by asking, what do you think of the state of recycling in our industry? And what do you want listeners most to take away from this series? Well, ideally, I mean, the state of recycling is very much in flux. And we need to have some clear and concise coordination between all three levels of government, Fed, municipal, uh, provincial, so that we can ensure what they're promoting can be achieved. COVID has certainly slowed down the progress and also introduced countless tons of PPE waste into our landfills. My hope is that the podcast that offers some information to the listeners and encourage them to engage with their elected officials and or industry associations to start asking questions and hopefully tune into the second and third podcast to hear what the other updates we can pass along. Thanks, Mike. I'm interested to hear what everyone has to say and be able to have more people from the industry in on these other podcasts and, and weigh in and get a good discussion going about next steps and best practices. Everyone, we've been speaking with Mike Hare, Sales and Marketing Manager at Canadian Pipe and Pump Supply, Inc. Thanks for joining us, Mike, and for helping bring our attention to the important issues surrounding what we leave behind when the work is done. 
This is the first in a series of three podcasts looking at reducing our footprint during drilling and dewatering work. Watch this channel for future episodes where we get some expert insight and reaction from members of the industry as we consider next steps in reducing our carbon footprint. Thanks for listening and see you next time. Thank you for listening. Everybody. Thank you for listening to Groundwater Canada, the podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with others in the industry and let us know what you'd like to hear in future episodes.